Hi. Ah, uh, hi. <laughs> I'm on the side of a kind of busy street, so you're going to hear cars in the background. I am right next to an interpretive ballet class, so you will hear bongos and random instrumental music. Isn't it nice to be back on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> there was a new episode of Pose this week. Not only was there a new episode of Pose, there was the only episode of Pose. <laughs> okay, so we talked about this before because Janet Mock... What did she break? It was she's like the first what? She's the first trans woman of color to produce, write, direct a television program. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, I thought that it was weird that this is the episode that they gave her. Oh, I didn't because I thought it was the best episode. Well, yeah, it just wasn't very like I feel like other episodes have been more transcentric than this one. This one was a little more plot driven. So I was like, oh, like, okay, cool. Which I mean, I appreciated because it wasn't just like, oh, let's give her the trans episode. It was right. more like, let's just have her do it. And it was cool that she got really like the emotional center of the season. Yes, because this episode was relatively complicated. Yeah, there a lot happened. I cried several times. So in the first scene, the Kate Mara angel scene, when she's like, I need, like, you have to show me and tried to make it more about body parts. I liked it that it was actively not. I liked it at the beginning. Kate was like an unintentional trans ally where Angel was like, I'm trans. And Kate was like, you're all woman. And Angel was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> We've said this before. It's such, this show is so good at hiding messages in really well-written and interesting scenes where if you already like know and are familiar with like trans issues, you don't feel like you're, you're being not beat over the head. But <laughs> for someone who just like stumbled upon this show and is somehow still on episode six being like, hmm, it's good. It's nice that they sort of just shoehorn those things in there in a really subtle way. I guess not shoehorn is the wrong verb, but they like hide. Or like anybody that has ever had these questions but was too afraid to ask. It like totally. answers them without like turning to the camera and winking. Yeah. And it's also really nice. It's so rare. I feel like that a show that has messages that are this important is also fun and yeah. consistently a good show. I mean, you can go back on the one last things. I've been nervous about this show since the first episode. Here we go. Every and week now... you say it hasn't gotten bad yet. <laughs> yeah. And all we have left is the finale. And if there's anything we know, Ryan Murphy writes a good first episode and a good finale. So I guess they really did a standout job. With <laughs> what if the finale one? is just terrible? So I guess season one of Pose is Ryan Murphy's only truly successfully done show. Sure. I don't know how well watched it is, but like it's the only one where I've been like, wow, none of this is something that I didn't like. Well, again, I think it's because he outsourced and let people of color in the queer and trans community tell the story instead of him being like, and I, Ryan Murphy, am the right person to <laughs> make a show about trans people of color. Okay. I feel personally offended by the ball themes this week. <laughs> I literally wrote, I'm so sorry. I wrote, okay, dot, 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 this ballroom, dot, 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 of hot, period, guys, period. <laughs> the category is butch queen body. I wrote me walking into a party. <laughs> That's what I expected when he was like, category is butch queen body. I was like, oh, so more like butch representation because we got a little bit of that last week. And then I was like, nope, that is not what it is. And I am here for this. The scene where the guy stole Angelica Ross's cup of water and like poured it on his body was shocking. I'm also, okay, so I'm confused. Do they have the same categories every week? Because like, why were they still doing that category over a couple of days? I think the reason it happened a couple of times is they were showing that Billy, like Billy, 
really chooses the categories. And so it was just another thing that was going wrong with him was like, he was playing the same song over and over. He was doing the same category over and over. He was like, you know, like that was what I got from it. Same. But I was like, I don't know if they're smart enough. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's Janet, but. (laughs) Okay. I've said this every week. I will now say it again. Janet Mock, if you're listening, which I know you are, she is not only one of the best writers just ever. She's also now one of the best directors. And she also is the most beautiful woman in the world. And I'm in love with her. She and her husband are a great couple and I'm really happy for them. But also, you know, I said to our friend Tom the other day, I said, in 2018, it's my year of not hooking up with people who are in relationships. Mm -hmm. But I will make an exception for Janet Mock. That's what I'll say. Okay. (laughs) Because I know that's what she's been waiting for. I started doing something that you've been doing all season where I started writing down my favorite quotes of the episode. And so this quote is, Hey Ma, your dude's mad corny. Yeah. Said by whom? My least favorite person. But. I still don't trust him. I was so, my boy Poppy protecting MJ. It was so, like, good for him. He came in and he helped her. Yeah. And he had that cute hat. Oh, yeah. He did have a really good hat. I'm surprised that they've moved on from the main guy and his boyfriend's storyline. I think that's going to be a big thing in the finale. I hope. I really like them. Me too. And I really like the main character, whose name I never remember. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I feel bad. Oh, right. The character's name is Damon Richards, played by Ryan Jamal Swain. Right. Shout out. So I really like Damon, Damon, Damon's relationship with his boyfriend. Yeah, I do wish that was getting more screen time. However, it's really an attack that the love of my life, Janet Mock, wrote and directed an episode that featured MJ looking, for some reason, hotter than she's ever looked. I was more attracted to her in every scene of this episode than I ever have been before. Interesting. The scene where the guy was picking her up outside the ball, I was like, I might have to pause this episode because I'm so attracted to her right now. I think it's because it's the first time where she's been happy and the episode was more focused on her and not her being a mother necessarily like she hasn't been she hasn't had the like oh i'm so tired taking care of these kids look although that is Um, sort of my type is oh i'm so tired taking care of these kids very true (laughs) my next quote is I was watching that thing about about the AIDS. And then I said, the doctor's stupid. And then when he was like, you wouldn't have it, you wouldn't have it. And she was like, yes, I would. You know what? That's speaking as someone who has spent a lot of time in the medical system. That scene was a really good encapsulation of when you know your body better than a male doctor. And you say, I want this test or I think I have this thing. And the guy is like, no, 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 you couldn't possibly. Smash cut to guess what? I do need that test. You just didn't trust me because I am like a female presenting person and that's my stance on the medical (laughs) my next note is are you a g-string no then stay out of my ass that yes and then okay i almost pulled up my phone to text you when sandra came on screen and then when trace showed up okay so i will insert here the voice memo i took of myself reacting to trace lizette's appearance oh my god oh oh my oh 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 my god. 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 That's what I've been talking about all week. She was just posting pictures of herself in the costume. And I was like, something has happened. Listeners, like, all week I've been like, Jay, you have to watch this episode because something happens on it and you need to know. Well, I had been seeing her post pictures and I was just like, wow, she looks great. That look is so good for her. I wonder what that's from. And just not reading captions because I was like scrolling. And then, you know, MJ walks into the boutique and cut to Trace Lizette trying on a dress in the mirror. And I took that voice memo because I truly I had to pause because I was hyperventilating. (laughs) 
<laughs> I could not. Like, of course. It, of course. Of course. <laughs> Obviously, she was there. But I still was shaken to my core. And then... She's so my, hot. <laughs> my next note is I said, are you fucking kidding me with home? What I wrote was, this is unacceptable. <laughs> when she was like, do you have home in there? I was like, wait, what? I was like, it better not be home from the whiz. <laughs> And then it started and I was like, okay, I know it is home from the whiz, but we better not have to hear it. And then she started singing. And I was like, okay, but we better not have to hear the whole song. And then Billy Porter got up there and I was like, okay. Another great cameo, Our Lady J on the piano. Yeah. I also was shocked at how good they sounded together because Billy's Oh my God. Yeah. They blended perfectly. Also, something amazing happened which was i was watching and my for those who don't know my cat is kind of high energy and she was like throwing herself around as she tends to do and that song was happening and when billy and mj were singing together she like came into my bedroom and came up and sat in front of the screen and watched that scene with me and just like sat silently and i was like this is truly a magical television moment (laughs) home had the same fade out that glee used the way that the song technically ended with oh. the camera and with the what they did to the sound of the music and how it faded out into a commercial in like an echo. I was like, that's just copy-paste Glee in, 101. In this moment, sitting here on this bench, I thought, oh, I wonder if they've seen that episode of Glee. Huh. When the like cabaret was starting, I wrote, remember when Maya Taylor sang in Tangerine? Uh, <laughs> just, uh... just wanted to reflect on that briefly. Best movie scene of 2015. Great dress. On Kate Mara in the therapy scene. Very, yeah. She's looked so good. I really like her in a tight pony. (laughs) Who doesn't? Also, Billy Porter's boyfriend and Billy Porter both were so good in this episode. And did you see what Billy Porter's boyfriend tweeted? Yeah. (sighs) Which one of us wants to say it for the listeners? You go for it. I don't have the tweet on hand, but he basically said, like, in acting school, our teachers told us to play these roles for those who lived this experience and the people we lost. And so that's what I was doing. And I uh, just wept. Yeah. The part where he says you have to go on living and let you get to cry for, like, one hour. I I actually couldn't I had to pause it and like cry and restart it because I like couldn't hear it over my tears and also just like the way that they showed Billy Porter like grieving and like falling apart and then immediately cut to him at the ball and acting like nothing had happened I thought was just like a really brilliant again brilliant from our girl Janet encapsulation of what the queer experience is a lot of the time having to put on a brave face in the face of like enormous suffering yeah welcome to my NPR podcast about queer suffering. I didn't like the scene where he's like, you get one day, only because he was crying so hard that it like distracted from it. And I wish that he was the stronger one and Billy was crying in that moment. And it was a little more reversed. I don't know why it just like felt weird. But then the moment that got me where I did cry was when Sandra calls him and like the phone call of being like, I thought that you would want to see him before they take him away. And then Billy like gets up and is like, okay. And then when he sits back down on the bed, I was like, uh, and then cried through the commercial break. Also the fact that he's sprinkling his ashes on Fifth Avenue because he loved to window shop. Out loud, I was like, Billy, that's not going to work. Sprinkle me in front of chops across the city because I love to eat salad. <laughs> I'll just give you to create. <laughs> uh, I would love that. Shout out to Create on Dittmar is my favorite salad place. I would just like to point out who won the biggest trophy this week and got tens across the board on his first time walking in a ball. None other than Poppy. They have so many trophies. <laughs> 
the wagon with the giant trophy. When they give him the big trophy, they show the wall of trophies like waiting to be given out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I really am confused. And when you see MJ's apartment, where are the trophies? They definitely must give them back, I think. I think so. Yeah, they... Yeah. Okay, so then, did you watch the preview for next week? No. Got it. Well, it's all about Poppy getting in <gasps> trouble, so I cannot Oh, wait. no! What does he do? Well, he's been selling drugs this whole time. Does he get caught? I don't know. We'll have to find out. <laughs> all right. That's rude. <laughs> FX.com doesn't show a preview. Oh, I was watching it live. I can't believe the whole episode's going to be about Poppy. Representation <laughs> matters. <laughs> Sorry, just opening a little cry. Oh. <laughs> but that's all I have on pose. Okay, so it's actually been kind of a slow news week. Well, yeah, for us at least. Well, yeah, for like queer pop culture. First thing we have to talk about is Brendan Urie. Oh, yeah. That fine piece of butt. Okay. <laughs> this whole situation was so zero to 100 back to zero. First of all, we all already knew. And it's not a situation where it's like, oh, it was an open secret. He had talked about it before. And I was legitimately surprised when it was a headline. Well, he's talked about it, but he also hasn't. He's called himself stage gay before, where he's like, my persona is so flamboyant. And like, that is basically the character of himself that he plays when he's playing music and on stage and stuff is definitely very Freddie Mercury-esque. He's like, so people clearly think that I'm gay, but I'm not. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Sure. And he's been married to a woman for a while. But so hasn't he already out his pan? I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. And just kind of moved on because I was like, I've already kind of accepted you as some sort of queer, especially after you went into kinky boots. But right. Like, and I, f- I feel like I've read things where he's been like, sure, I could be attracted to men, whatever. He's been like a person's a person. No matter how kind small. of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then in the same interview, he's talking about cancel culture and he says, here's where I draw the line. If the liberals, if the liberals, first of all, if the liberals are saying, hey, why are you finding these NFL players for kneeling during the anthem and at the same time fire Roseanne? They are doing the exact same thing that the conservatives are doing. I get it, but we have to understand, yes, Roseanne made the worst tweet, but we're taking people's careers away. I don't know where to draw the line because I do think obviously that's horrible, but I think we need to look at patterns. If a person says something a few times, but they are not acting out on it, it's a very sticky situation. Okay, here's my thing on it. With this presidency, we have been introduced to the idea that social media is basically the same thing as written word. And so I think it's going to take a little bit for everyone to realize that things that happen on social media aren't just, not to quote Carol, but like flung into space. It's like things that are meant to be seen from and by specific people, if that makes any sense. Roseanne tweeted it and people can be like, oh, it was a tweet. Like she took it back. She apologized. And everybody knows, or at least you know how much I hate apology culture. But like, it is still something that she tweeted and she meant in some way and she did say. And we now live in a world where we have to take that as seriously as the president's tweets. I think it just will take time for everyone to like realize, get on board with that and understand that social media isn't just a fun place anymore. I think he's trying to do the right thing. He's just not. Because what he's saying is that like people actually doing something and people tweeting something should not be equal. But he doesn't realize that we just like now live in a world where they are. Yeah. And also, I just don't know why people don't understand that words have the same weight no matter where they are. Yeah. 
a couple of months ago, we had a conversation, you and I had a conversation, I don't think it was on air or anything, about there was some kind of movement happening. It wasn't the Me Too movement, it was something else. And a lot of people, were, there was like backlash against it because it was like, some people were saying that you can't just post something on Facebook and you can't just like say things on social media and consider it activism. And then we were like, no, you, you like can to a degree because social media and like the online community is what it is today. Marching in the streets on some level equals putting something out there into the world on social media. Right, depending on, like, the size of your audience. Yeah. And, like, your position of power. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, I think it's something that just the whole population just has to, like, understand, but because everybody uses social media in such a different way, I don't think it will ever be, like, a blanket thing. Yeah, I also think it's a rough time for anyone to be, like, talking about social media, because it's still such a weird gray area that it's kind of impossible to say the right thing. Moving forward. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> There's not really a lot else that happened this week, actually. However, I have a fun little human interest story about Khloe Kardashian. Okay. We're familiar with Asia Kate Dillon. Right. Oh, Robert So right. Asia Kate Dillon is on Billions, as we know, and Asia is non-binary. Khloe Kardashian tweeted about being a fan of Billions, and Asia Kate Dillon responded, would you please say more about this? And Khloe says, ugh, I was so caught off guard by Taylor's move. Now I'm on fucking pins and needles for season four. Miss Asia, you don't disappoint heart emoji, butterfly emoji. And then Asia says, I love, love, love that you're so into the show. And as a non-binary person myself, like Taylor, I use mix instead of miss, ms, or mister as my prefix, as in mix Asia or mix Dylan. Say word, prayer hands emoji, kiss emoji. And then Chloe responds and says, oh my goodness, my sincerest apologies. Thank you for telling me mix Asia, heart emoji. Okay, now I guess I'll just be waiting by my TV until season four. I read that this morning and I was shocked that in literally four tweets, they just, and by they, I mean the two people involved in the conversation, not Asia, showed the world on a huge scale because Khloe Kardashian has such a huge platform. I mean, speaking of like social media making a difference, showed the world how to respond when you misgender someone, which is just like my mistake. The end. Yeah. Instead of, it would have been so easy for Khloe to throw herself on her sword and be like, oh my God, I can't believe and freak out or to be like, that's not real. But instead she was just like, okay. It's just such a nice example of people being fine. (laughs) Yeah. I said this earlier, Caitlyn Jenner must have done this. Yeah, exactly. As much as she is bad in most ways, this is sort of like a clear indicator that her kids learned something. So I have two small stories that are interesting. This kid named Blair Wilson, who's 21, was just walking home or something and someone called him the F word and he like confronted him and then I guess he got roughed up and he took a selfie of himself smiling, even though his face is like relatively messed up and he's like bleeding. He posted about it and now it's like gone viral. He said, I thought clearly this person doesn't realize how close my town is. And I just wanted to post something about that. I knew as soon as it happened that I could either keep it quiet and feel embarrassed about it, or I could shame him over Facebook. As soon as I posted it, even though my nose was still bleeding, I didn't care. It's amazing. I've heard from so many people and I haven't spoken to in ages. And people that I don't even know telling me how much of an inspiration I am and stuff. It made me feel good about myself. I did choose some choice words in the post, but the message I wanted to get across that you need to be able to stick up for yourself. Maybe don't go getting yourself hurt, but show them that you have friends and that you are love and that you are considered I think some people think because you're different you have a different sexuality from them 
you have no friends and everyone is the same in the same mindset of them when the reality is that they're the minority you can prove that you're so much that you're just as much loved as they are and they will ever be if they live a life of hate i like that how old's this kid 21 Oh, I thought this was like a 11 year old or something, but still. And then, did you hear about the thing in Russia during the soccer? Where game? the people went in the uniforms? Yeah. You explain it because I don't remember. I just remember they made a flag. They made the they made the pride flag or something. Yeah, basically, apparently the I mean I'm not good with sports, but apparently there was a soccer game during the World Cup in Russia, and six like activist friends decided to gather together soccer jerseys for each of them, and each of them would represent a color from the pride the pride flag, and then they like walked around the World Cup. Oh, that's together, cool. And it, and they were like, we're waving the flag in Russia without doing it, but we are doing it. That's also a nice story. They said we have taken advantage. of of the fact that the country is hosting the World Cup at the same time as Pride Month to denounce their behavior and take the rainbow flag to the streets of Russia. In plain daylight, in front of the Russian authorities, Russian society, and the whole world, we wave the flag with pride. That's so nice. I mean, it's not nice that, like, Sometimes I love you know, people. human rights violations are occurring, but that's a nice way to stand up for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's been a crazy couple of weeks, but this was a calmer. Well, I mean, let's not forget that we did see Head Over Heels this week. But. Which we can't even talk about. Yeah, we'll t- we'll talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> On Monday, we have a shocking episode about queer baiting and head cannons. Oh right, this was yeah. a fun one. We wrote fan fiction. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I literally, I was talking to friend of the podcast, Kira, about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's an episode about fan fiction. And we wrote fan fiction. And she went, oh, is Jay's about? And literally named exactly <laughs> what yours is about. And I was like, uh-huh. Yep. Everyone, place your bets now what I wrote my fan fiction about. Because if you know me at all, you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess yeah. that's it for this episode of One Last Thing. So we will see you on Monday. Oh, oh, oh. Before we go, we promised our friend Michelle Collins that we would say on our podcast that people should stop harassing her on Twitter. Oh, yes. We so if, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you are <laughs> our queer teen fan base have been watching the 90 Day Fiance after show and not happy about how it's going, stop harassing the host Michelle Collins on Twitter because <laughs> this is how that's going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.